0: This is Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions.
1: Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. Even though know, I didn't want to get in the car, I oh, yeah,
0: With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello, lovers.
2: I'm Rob McKnight. Welcome to Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Amanda Howard, the serial killer whisperer, true crime author and criminologist with us, and now museum owner, Amanda.
0: (laughs) Hi, Robert. Yes, we have the museum going to be on show again at Parramatta Jail on October 29th. So everyone buy your tickets now and come and see all my weird and wonderful stuff.
2: Oh, she's weird and wonderful, all right. There was a lot of discussion in the uh, recording studio about whether I should say hello,
0: lovers off the top. <laughs> they expect these weird sorts of things from you, Robert, so I always oh, say go for it.
2: Outrageous.
0: Amanda, um, we've had a <laughs>
2: bit of feedback about our 911 call that we ran uh, the other week, mm-hmm. and a few people were a little upset about what we included, including the the, the final moments of Loretta's life. What do you make of that? Uh, Is there something for us to learn from that?
0: Well, yes and no, because I understand that some people are happy to enjoy true true crime to a certain point, but I think some people don't like to go that extra step into reality. So um, each to their own. We we had similar feedback when we did um, the toolbox killers as well because we did share the screams of a victim. Um, But I think... We told them that it was uncensored. We said that we were playing everything. So um, I, I, I get where people come from, but then there was others that say, oh, my God, I'm so glad that you guys are brave enough to go there because we need to understand the whole picture, not the Netflix version of things.
2: It is interesting, though, that after the toolbox kill us, we did take that feedback on board and we did change our uh, what we include a little bit yeah. and... I don't know. The feedback has made me second guess some of the decisions we made.
0: Well, I mean, I'm probably so jaded that I didn't even see that that would even be considered an issue, especially when uh, the original tape has so many views. And now on on YouTube, you can see things like the amount of people that watch at certain times and her death is the absolute capture of the peak of viewers to that recording. So, um, you know, I went off that people want to see this, people want to hear this, people want to understand where this goes, you know, because it's better than going, oh, and she's dead. You know, I think we need to look over into the abyss sometimes, and I think that um, shying away from it is just going to a sense of things that um, are reality. You know, th- this is true life. This th- this was released by the police. They understood mm. what was happening and they were happy to, well, not happy, but, but they felt compelled to um, release that to show all sides of the story. So um, I get it, but at the same time I think that we – don't do it gratuitously. We, we actually just sort of understand and go through this. You know, we're not going to stop the journey um, when it gets uncomfortable because this is r- real life stuff.
2: Yeah, very good point. And the whole, uh, the reason it's has so much impact on myself is because of the way it ended and the incompetence leading up to that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. And it allows people to learn because someone else is, is going to now find themselves in a similar situation. They're going to know that you need to start screaming straight away, not, oh, I think there's a fire. I yeah. mean, we all expect that, that help is going to arrive within seconds. And this is a case that is the exception rather than the rule. But um, I think that... It will help others. It will stop this police uh, service and fire and rescue from doing what they did because, as we know, the head officer on that was actually um, suspended and then he, he resigned, and that's what needs to happen. People should not be standing outside doing Snapchats when there is a woman's life at stake, and I think that's what we needed to show.
2: Yeah, fair enough. All right, this week we are continuing the interrogation of Grant Harden, a an ex police officer. Uh, tell me more about where we're up to and a bit of background, Amanda.
0: Well, at this point, we've actually had uh, the the two senior officers, I think it's Chamberlain and Cordero, they um, have have gone at him quite hard, especially the the lead detective. He went in with, you tell me this now, and I need to know this, and you're lying, and and he's going that way. And then we had him leave, but both of the officers left, and one of the junior desk officers come in and had a chat, and they realised that that's how they were going to get to him because he has said he's taking his fifths so he is is taking the right to remain silent but he's talking so they've seen that the hard-ass you know hard nosed uh, um, interrogation technique was not going to learn anything new that they didn't already know so seeing that this was the way it was going to happen Cordero's gone in and had a conversation and Harden's just sort of eased into it and our, our last clip was quite extensive because we just allowed them to have that conversation mm. so that we could see how it's going to evolve.
2: And it's interesting don't watch this episode or listen to this episode unless you've listened to the previous one because that has all the lead up to this moment all the background in what's being alleged but we will continue and pick up where we left off although we will move 50- 15 minutes forward because Codero and Harden did speak after that extensive clip we showed you they spoke to another 15 minutes they discussed his day in a very roundabout way talking about his dog his chickens going to dinner to get Harden closer to the time of the murder and though he had gone into a lot of detail up to this point with Codero suddenly he gets memory loss
3: so, when you went back inside, did you have some like, was there time in between you guys leaving, or did you leave pretty quickly?
1: I don't, I don't remember. Just that.
3: Uh, in between uh, laying the seed and going inside and playing the game, um, do you remember about how, how long in the time it was before you lived? Mm, yeah. No. Did you ever go back outside? I don't know. I don't remember. I
1: don't
3: know. <clears throat> Did you go anywhere today? Really? Did you ever leave the house today? Yeah, we went to. But, well, besides eat. No. No. I don't know. Maybe you got out and about. I'm not to my That's my
1: mom and dad, okay? Yeah,
3: yeah. That I know of. I haven't okay. talked to him, but I'm sure okay. I haven't heard anything. Yet. Did you see her today? Mm-mm. Yeah, No. yeah. I haven't, I haven't talked to him, but I haven't heard anything about your parents. Okay. Yeah, they they look close to you, don't they? Yeah. yeah were outside today. Did you notice anything different or weird going on, or hear anything that was abnormal? Well, no. While you were outside, waiting you see stuff like that? No. Everything's so Did you run into anybody? Anybody stop by, say hi? Nothing. No. Okay. All right. When? I'm surprised. Did you see anybody on the road or anything like that? It being so nice, I didn't know if maybe anybody was out and about. Just where, where are you getting at? No, I'm serious. I'm just asking. I'm just a oh, small no, talk. Not
2: that, no, no. No, 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 I just said no. Oh, my allergies are killing me right now. Wow! After a That big 10-minute conversation in this clip, he's really put the brakes on as soon as she asks details about leading up to the murder, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, and he's trying to sort of scope out things just to make sure because he doesn't want to jump to conclusions because maybe they don't know about the shooting, you know, there, there is that slight possibility and that, that's why I'm saying, you know, are my parents okay, you know, thinking that maybe it's something like that. He knows that they know that he knows that they know kind of thing. But um, it's, it's the fact that he's sort of throwing other things out there to make it look like that he has no idea. So yeah. they're both playing this, oh, I don't know, I'm just seeing what you think. And, and so it's going backwards and forwards with them both having the same conversation. Um, but she's just she's just trying to chat and he's just trying to be polite. And it's yeah. just interesting that um, that he had forgotten that he's supposed to take his right to remain silent and actually be silent. So <laughs> every so often when he gets close, he knows that he's, he's supposed to uh, pr- provoke his fifth, invoke his fifth. Uh- yeah,
2: uh, look, I've got to show you this next clip because when Cordero says she's going to go and check on Chamberlain, Harden says something that's hilarious. Have a look. Well, let me go check on their process. I'll come chit-chat
3: more. I don't know if that good. Are you okay with that? Yeah, that's fine. All right, I'll be right back. Just apologize ahead of time that, hey,
1: no. that i do this kind of like,
3: No, I'm um, talking to you. Hey, yeah, it's okay, I like to remain silent. you don't have to explain it, I get it, I enjoy talking so I'll be back.
2: Will he remain silent? (laughs) Hadnard has just spent the the past half hour telling Cordero everything they wanted to hear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's so clumsy, but it's just so perfect. And this is what happens. We always say that, you know, like the police are the experts in this, that, you know, and like I say, you don't say anything, you go in there with a lawyer and remain silent. He is he he's been training this and he knows that that's what he needs to do but he keeps chatting because he doesn't want to be rude to her and sit there and go no nah, i'm not saying anything so it's just i just love how he just says yeah when you come back i'm going to be silent so you know sorry about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care
2: Well, after five minutes, Cordero returns again, there's no sign of Chamberlain. After chatting to Hardin for another five minutes about allergy meds, good steaks, and his daughter's driving, Cordero again turns the talk to the evening's events.
3: So what happened when y'all were on your way home tonight? Y'all just ran into the roadblock? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I wasn't there when that part happened.
1: Mm-hmm. They just what they do when you guys ran into? Them. Well, the guy stopped us and, and then he wanted us to go down to the Jones Trader Park Road. And I said, "Well, I live two houses down here on the right." He said, "Let me ask the boss about that." He went to the radio for a while or something, and, then, <laughs> and said, "What's your name?" I said, "Grant Harden," and that. Uh, he said, can you step out of the car and, and uh, then he put me in handcuffs and put me in the back of that one car.
3: Oh, uh, the canine one you were
1: talking about? Yeah. You know, and then Brad come got me and put me in another car. And Way more goes, comfortable. Yeah. Yeah.
3: He's a good guy. Well, I uh,
1: He is. He's a really
3: good guy. He's a good cop. I've learned a lot from him. Or you were all in your, uh, is it your wife's car? Mm-hmm. The one that she, that she was
1: driving.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that
1: huh? I'm gonna ask you. Please forgive me. No, you're fine. But I'm just gonna have to stick back to my.
3: Yeah, no, anyhow. I'm thing. just chit chat. I know you are. You're fine if you feel. Comfortable, I appreciate you. Yeah, if you feel comfortable, you don't have to say anything.
1: Huh? But I, I just hate
3: being rude, but I'm No, you're I'm, not being rude. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Hey. Just sit-chatting. I get it. I really do. That's the best way to pass time, really. Just getting late. Time is. It is two
1: eleven. What?
3: Yes, it is late. It is late. But you've helped past last twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Seriously. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
3: I think
1: I'll probably be half, half asleep sitting in a chair out
3: there. But... Well, I
1: was in here Yeah? A <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, yeah. I, no, I wasn't asleep. I was just kind of always half asleep. And then you guys have something in here. It sounds like somebody chopping a pencil. Oh. Goes on everybody. I don't know what it is. Is it and... like a humming? No, it's just like a... I can move now. i oh. just saying it'll happen. Alright, alright. Okay, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's now. Not, I can't yeah. remember if it sounds like a manual yeah. one or I, I think it sounds like somebody sticking a pencil in one of those.
3: Let's oh, like, like the electric one. one? Yeah. I haven't seen the long ones in a long time.
1: Reminds me of middle school.
3: <laughs> when you make excuses, go sharpen your pencil. <laughs> I <It> really started. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll
2: get all the tests anyway, but... <laughs> This is fascinating in so many ways, Amanda, because it really does take the right person to get the right person to talk. We're seeing here that the hard approach doesn't work, where in the past we have seen the hard approach work on some people. Who would have guessed that the young officer with bad allergies would be the one he would open up to?
0: Yeah, it is just... Uh... Perfect textbook of how this needs to go. So, you know, they can go in and they can try every technique, but sometimes it's just something that they will find that will go, aha, that's the way we have to do it. And it was him talking to the desk officer um, and just seeing that he was happy to shoot the breeze. So it looks very informal now, but he is answering every single question that she's asking and actually moving a bit too. He's sort of leaned back a bit. He's moved his hands. His legs haven't moved, so he's still in that – Um, tripod position of of grounding himself. But there's a definite um, easing up of of his stance. But, um, you know, he talked about them being arrested and put in handcuffs, which negates him saying, are my parents okay? Because if your parents have just died, I don't think they're going to handcuff you and have the dog squad there. But, you know, it's just this informal thing. It's like he thinks that that the cameras are off. You know, it's just crazy Mm. that he's happy talk about all of this but he hasn't done that tiny gap in the in the conversation he he doesn't in, in invoke his fifth then but it's just often how he just sort of moves around it and then goes oh yeah sorry i'm not going to answer that so it's 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 very easy to see how some people get caught by that because it just looks like that they're just chatting but yes she's asking the right questions when she needs to so I'm, I'm just loving this
2: and working around it she's doing a fabulous job but then she does ask a question that makes him pause
3: have you rode with your daughter yet, driving?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is she a good driver? she like for me ride in the car with her she drives. I
3: oh, no, Are you a critic?
1: I guess. I try not to be, because she's a very good driver. Oh yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Which car does she drive the
1: best? That one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How
3: many cars do you have?
2: Mm-hmm. A lot? Wow. That is a huge pause
0: yep that was nine seconds where he refused to answer that and that's how we also see things so he knows now that they're looking for a certain car and they know that he has a fair stack of cars they know exactly how many cars he's got they know the VIN numbers they know the retro place they know everything about these cars but they want him to say oh you know I've got this this and this and not talk about the car that he used to uh kill the victim so um the fact that he has been shooting the breeze has been very calm and open with her he finally had that pause and that pause goes right now i know what's happening and yet i'm not saying anything to that question
2: amanda the (laughs) Antissa, patient (laughs) has me on the edge of my seat let's see what happens next
3: yeah, no, you're fine. Take it. Six, I think. Oh my goodness, six cars! Mm. How did you have a collection like
1: that? Well, oh, because Linda's wrecked them all. Oh, <laughs>
3: <That's>
1: <laughs> why I just keep
3: them. With hopes of one day fixing them.
1: Mm.
3: My dad's a lot like that too. Mm. Lord, he'd keep the oldest junkers and think that he'd fix them and then they just pile the up. He'd end up like optional you know, or scrapping them or whatever he could. Um, it's crazy. All six work at least? Or just some um, Do all six of them work? Mm-hmm. What? Hey, at least you're
2: never out of the vehicle. That's the best that's idea. Yeah. I don't blame you. That's the best way to be. Uh, so he didn't shut up. He's now told them he owns <laughs> a number of cars.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because she knew that by him having several cars, he's likely to be a scrapper. So um, she brought up that her dad's a, a, a scrapper as well and that, you know, they they buy cars to eventually fix them up and he actually sat forward there and relaxed and put like his hands on his knees like just l- leading in towards her so it's quite interesting to see that he had relaxed for a bit and then mm. when she started asking are they working he sort of sat back up again and realized what's going on so it's quite interesting that she keeps cap captivating him with the stories of her life that sort of feeds into what he does so you know she he has a a almost adult daughter, and she's kind of the same age, and so mm. there's all of this that's sort of happening as well, and uh, he has no idea how much he's actually answered.
2: Well, Cordero, the assassin, is ready to pounce. She's ready to get him to focus on the parts of the crime where they're actually there to discuss. Let's see how she does it. Do you
3: have any, uh, any cool cars
1: other than Alhambra said Forgive me, yeah, just, uh, just... I just...
3: I know
1: they're
3: You're good to talk to. My, I didn't know I she had a headache
1: and uh okay. you see like, if I can I'm, find I'm, you something? No, that's alright. I'm sure could, we got a pharmacy around here somewhere. I, I'm just wondering what's going on. Like, well, if I'm gonna be charged with something or Well did something happen you know, today? That's what I wanted to know. Right? Evidently, well. something did happen today. I'm silent. I know, I know. I need it. I'd rather talk about cars than anything. I know, me too.
3: <laughs> I'd rather talk. So any cool cars other than the Honda Civic? Anything fancy? Or
1: just um, what do you call it? The paper
3: again. Oh, yeah. That's great. We don't want to talk
1: about cars. We can talk about something. Does that make no, sense?
3: I just, no, I just don't. I'm just going to
1: Do you want me to go away? No, you're fine.
3: Well, I'm a talker. You, so. talk.
1: you talk. I talk. Hey, you talk then.
3: It's not fun to talk to yourself.
1: Mm.
3: you got to enjoy a conversation with
1: someone. I I feel.
3: No, I get it. Oh, no. I get it. If it makes you uncomfortable, we don't have to talk about that.
1: Well, I just feel that. Yeah, I'm comfortable.
3: I would ever be yeah. in here. No, I get it. I get it. I'm just trying.
1: I'm and I want to apologize, but I'm just going to stick to my rights. Why my are you side. here?
3: Right. I guess that's the main question. Why, why are you here? Why am I here? Do
1: you have any idea?
3: Why am I here? Yeah. Do you
1: have any idea why you be here?
3: Well, you
1: guys tell me? I will. Nobody told me anything. I sat in that police car for a long or day police car for a long time. Yeah. Nobody told me anything.
3: I just didn't know. Well, sometimes you gotta wonder if somebody has to tell you first.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
3: if you know something I'll tell.
1: But reason you all asked I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay.
3: That's kind of, kinda of the way you have to look at it sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. That's why you know, when Detective Chamberlain came in here, he wanted to talk to you about if you had what you had done today, or if you had seen something happen, or witnessed something happen, or you know, like you said, some something happened today, you know, something really bad, and if you witnessed it, then it's something we need to talk about, people witnessed you. So but I wanna give you the chance to talk. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather hear your side of the story versus anything else. To me everybody deserves that right. Especially you're a good you're a good guy. You're a good person. So I don't know. I feel like everybody should have that chance their side, especially if something bad happened, I would want somebody to give me that chance. I just want to know what got you to this point. I mean, I worked with you, so like, you helped me, you know, had my back in a, in a situation, so it would be nice to understand from you, but from your viewpoint. Why would you here? what happened or did you see something happen or were you put in a situation and kind of walk me through it? But that's your choice, right? Everybody has a choice. You have to be the one willing to put it out there. I don't know like you've done this profession long enough. You know how things go. You're a good guy. You're not a drug dealer. (laughs) You're not a child molester. You're not, you know, anything like what you've dealt with, what I've dealt with, but I think today you could have, you've dealt with a bad situation. I just want to know what happened. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to know. You know, what answers, especially your family? I would. I do. I want to help you. That's the bad part. I want to help you figure it out. All I can do is sit here and say, well, listen, work it out with you. Figure it out together. But you have to be willing to talk to me about it.
2: This is brilliant. That segue she used was beautiful. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was because she she had you know built up such a rapport talking about um, him being her senior and how she had seen him like a mentor and she had been helped mm. out by him in the past when when she was his uh, when he was her her boss so she's tried to use that to say hey you helped me so I'm, I want to help you now so tell me what I need to know so I can sort of make this better you know and she's and she's phrasing it as though he was a witness to it you know that something might have gone wrong accidentally and he did it in self-defense or something she's and, and and we see this regardless of what interrogation we do we often see this bargaining point and that's actually what's going on here she's trying to say you know maybe there's another scenario you know we often see where the police say you know maybe you got angry or maybe she said something or you know i would have done that too because they're a horrible person and that's what she's doing here it's, it's this bargaining choice of saying you know let let's make a deal basically and yeah. you know it, she just went into that so well after building such an incredible rapport about you know scrapping cars and all of that sort of stuff
2: yeah it's really amazing the connection she's making with him and it's working but she keeps asking questions and she plays on his honest art as a fellow officer
3: like I said I wasn't there you're the only one who can kind of fill in the blanks at this point Am I right? You don't have to talk to me, but I'm willing to listen. I know you are. We all make mistakes. We all get put in positions. We're all human. We all react a certain way. We all have emotions. Sometimes we overreact. Sometimes we're put in situations we don't want to be put in.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, I'd rather, you know, have met you again like outside having coffee instead of seeing you for the second time in here. But, I don't know. I think you just made a mistake today, or somebody made a mistake today, and I think you know what happened. I just want you to help me understand it. Because I really do. I want to understand what (laughs)
1: happened.
3: I think you know what I'm talking about. I think you know that some things are going to come out. And I want to be able to stand on your side and say, hey, this is what happened. And he was upfront. He was honest. And he explained it. And he cooperated.
1: Does he need a lawyer? Who? Yeah, you're talking about me.
3: I think, honestly, I think you're the only one who can make that call. But I think you're an honest man. I think mean, you've been an honest man. Mm-hmm. I think. Right, that's the I'm just going to be quiet. Can be quiet? I'll keep
2: talking. Okay, so he's now actually mentioned a lawyer, but he hasn't yet asked for one, Amanda
0: no he hasn't and we've also seen that he has just leaned forward again and Mm. she was doing the same thing at the same time so he has now accepted her like as a friend but you know we are well over an hour into this um interview and it's been quite interesting and telling and you know we've we've learned a lot and he's gone into a lot of detail about everything else about that day and, and pieces of the puzzle that he's been able to do but we need to also point out you know the the right to remain silent now that's in the fifth amendment rights too um and when a a suspect invokes this right all interviews must cease so i've actually pulled out some sorry
2: so this interview shouldn't be happening now
0: Nope, not at all. And I've got info, so Doyle v. Ohio. Once warnings have been given, the subsequent procedure is clear. If the individual indicates in any manner at any time prior to or during questioning that he wishes to remain silent, the interrogation must cease. At this point, he has shown that he intends to exercise his Fifth Amendment privilege. Any statement taken after the person invokes his privilege cannot be other than the product of compulsion, subtle or otherwise. So in other words, um, he is now being compelled to discuss this when he doesn't want to and has said that he doesn't want to. Um, So without the right to cut off questioning, the setting of in custody. So note the defendant's assertion of their Fifth Amendment right to silence cannot be used as a substantive evidence of guilt or to impeach the defendant's testimony so wow. if he says I'm I'm, I'm gonna stop um, they should have stopped then and he said that at the very beginning So all of this though it's lovely and we're getting um, a great uh, interview it's actually illegal.
2: this is a huge reveal Amanda because <laughs> he has said multiple times he's going to stay silent and this interview has continued and nevertheless, Cordero is continuing. Let, let's let have a look. Listen.
1: Are you guys going to arrest me for something? I don't
3: know. Can't answer them.
1: Oh.
3: Did something happen today?
1: How long can you detain me?
3: Why? It's an ongoing investigation.
1: What does that mean?
3: It means they're still looking into everything. Well, and
2: honestly, I apologize, but I just kind not close my eyes. No, I get it. It's
0: okay. <clears throat> like I said, I'm just trying to figure out the holes. You know? He's getting agitated now, isn't he? He is, because he is trying to not speak, but he is continuing to talk all this time. So he's just now very agitated. As you said, he's exhausted. He didn't realise how late it was and that they'd been there so long. You know, so he's actually in um, a scene of extreme stress. So he's not going to last much longer. He could have a heart attack. He could drop and anything could happen because he now knows that he said too much. But he had also said, you know, I invoke my feet. So um, it's just to a point now that um, they could get him to crack, but it's not going to be worth anything.
2: Oh wow, well Cordero leaves to get some water and while she's gone, Hardin gets up from his chair and brushes Cordero's chair. She soon returns and with another glass of water for Hardin as they discuss the origin of her name before returning to the crime.
3: Well, kind of nice to talk to you too. Makes time go by. But... Do you want to talk to me? Can you get
1: a lawyer? Yeah. I don't feel like I need to. It's up to you. But yeah. obviously something's going on and I need one. It's up to
3: you. I just want to hear your side. But
1: I want to get a lawyer.
3: Okay. Can't give you advice on that.
2: She sounded very disappointed when he said, I I think I need a lawyer. Um, but he's still not quite saying he wants a lawyer. I think he needs one. Um, what do you reckon, Amanda? I don't know if he's stupid or just playing games.
0: <laughs> I think it's been obvious from the beginning that uh, he's probably not the sharpest <laughs> tool in the shed. Um, you don't say I invoke my fifth and then continue to talk as as we've seen. So this is a great example. Unless
2: you know but- that they can't use any of it.
0: Yeah, um, they could still use it, but it's a very big legal fight. But the fact mm. that he has continued to say, I I, um, invoke the right to remain silent, all of this now actually becomes coercion. So the, this is now, regardless of what he does, he had said that he doesn't want to talk and they have forced him to talk. Mm. It's now like a whole different kettle of fish, you know. But I just, I, I find it interesting that she should know better as well. And the fact that they keep pushing that because they know that they we're going to get him to say all of this.
2: Mm. Well, Cordero leaves for seven minutes and returns with news.
3: Okay. I can't talk to you anymore because you ask for a letter? What I do want you to know is, if you change your mind, you know my name, you can always ask for me, okay? You have to be the one to re- reestablish that, okay? All right, can you stand up for me? Go ahead and turn around with the child. Find it You can placed under arrest for capital murder.
2: Harden is handcuffed and formally placed under arrest for the murder of James Appleton. At trial, he pled guilty to the murder. Interestingly, when his DNA was submitted, a match came up. Harden had raped a schoolteacher in 1997 and for almost 20 years had escaped detection. He pled guilty to the two counts of rape and received an additional two 20-year sentences for the crimes. Our postscript to this, Cordero was later temporarily suspended from duty after she has used police lights and sirens to pull over a school bus so her son could get on it. Okay, that's an interesting twist at the end there, Amanda. Um, Do we know why he killed this man?
0: No, there is still no motive as to why this happened. And that's the hardest part. No one knows what happened. There is speculation, you know, it could have been drugs, it could have been um, a a vendetta, but no one has any idea of the motive of why he killed James. It's, It's just, it's perplexing, and that's what the whole issue was, why they needed to interrogate him, because they had all of the evidence, but they didn't know why.
2: It's interesting, isn't it, because he is a detective, uh, you know, police chief, sorry, and he would have known there were witnesses there. Something obviously snapped in him.
0: Absolutely, Something something has happened. But what that was, I mean, maybe this guy knew about the rapes. You know, it could have been anything like that. Or a, that's a rage incident. An- another part. The, the, the guy was on his phone. There could have been a whole s- sort of issues like that that had come up. But, yeah, to this day, they really don't have a confirmed motive to this senseless murder.
2: And I guess there's not been any correlation with him and other murders. Like, we don't know if he's killed other people.
0: Well, if anything had DNA, they would have found it, obviously, because, mm. you know, DNA is now going to solve all of these crimes like the rape of the schoolteacher. So, um, obviously, his DNA is now in the system. So if someone finds some old evidence and, and, and loads it into the system that's used across the country, um, there, there is quite quite a possibility that there are more crimes that he's done that that may come up. You know, you don't have one rape and that's it. They usually mm. sort of do an Escalation. So it's interesting that, that he had a sex crime as well as a um, execution.
2: Yes, and also interesting that Cordero used her misuse her police sirens to get the bus to pull over for her son. That's a weird, weird twist.
0: Yeah, I, I, I found that and I found it interesting because she seemed to be the hero in this and then we showed that she was actually doing uh, the interrogation illegal and then we see, well, she's done that before as well. So, um, you know, sometimes it, you can't take people at face value.
2: Absolutely. That we have certainly learned in our journey of Monsters in Murder, Serial Killer <laughs> Confessions. What have you got for us next week?
0: Oh, well, next week we've got another interrogation that is just going to blow your socks off. So we have um, a woman in her home with her partner and suddenly the partner's dead. And the twists and turns that come are going to make this one look like it was boring. <laughs> I can tell Ooh. you
2: that. <laughs> okay, I look forward to that one. Next week on Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions, Amanda Howard, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Thank you.